¿Cómo estás? Buenos días, buenos tardes, and buenas noches. No matter what time you're listening, you are now listening to the Overachievers Podcast. Yeah, what's that extra uh, pitch in my voice of excitement and hope? Well, that's the, uh, that's the strength of the Overachievers Army giving me confidence this week. I dropped one of my first solo episodes last week. And I got some great feedback from many people, uh, many people being two messages, one in a text and one in a form of a DM saying, hey, keep up the good work. You know, some of us listening aren't comedians. Some of us are just folks that appreciate your stand up comedy and we want to hear more stories. And I was like, oh, shit. Word. Y'all want more stories? Well, guess what? You guys get more stories. So shout out to uh, Sean Russell and Alicia Johnson for the kind messages. You know, all it takes is two people to get me gassed up. Don't don't let me get confidence because I will roll with it. I will roll with it <laughs> all the way to the top, baby. The Overachievers Army is strong. and we're, we're big in numbers. That's right. We get plenty of downloads on this joint. It's been a great week, man. Um... After dropping the last story solo episode uh, and uh, getting that extra little confidence, I decided to do my own one hour show working on new material. That's going to be April 24th. I announced it on my Instagram story and we already have over 100 reservations. I was like, holy shit. My audience sure does love free tickets. (laughs) I don't know what it is about you guys and and free shit, but y'all eat that shit up. If I was promoting a show that costs like $5, $10, sometimes $20, y'all like, yo, we like Martin, but we don't like him for $5. (laughs) We like that free shit. You know what? I get it, man. I'm the same way, man. You know, if if someone offered me a free slice of pizza, that shit would be the best thing that happened to me in months. I'd be like, yo, remember that time when we got that free pizza? That was a good day. Like, yeah, man, that was a good day. So when I posted on my story uh, last night that um, I want to do this show, uh, working on new material, and it's going to be free. It's going to be a nice, small, intimate setting. And then I dropped the link on where to get the free tickets. Boy, did that shit go fast. That joint basically sold out because it was over 100 reservations. I was trying to do it in this 80-seater joint in the basement of the comedy loft, and it's probably going to end up still being there, so I got to like basically cut off the ticket sales probably today. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it was like, uh, y'all just like, oh, oh, it's free? Oh, we in there. We deep. People started calling their cousins and their aunts and shit, telling them to pull up. Martin Amini's giving out free tickets. You guys are hilarious, but I love you guys, man. You know, we're going to celebrate. It's going to be like a little pizza party. I was even thinking about maybe, you know, since we already doing free shit, we might as well have fun with it. You know, maybe we could all just bring some pizza, have like a little pizza party, just like back in elementary school. Remember how happy you were to get pizza? When was it like pizza Fridays? That was a much simpler. Man, I can't describe how like, oh, we got pepperoni pizza today. 
I would I would go over specific friends' house knowing that they had Pizza Fridays. That's how I judge my friends. I was like, yo, which mom believes in Pizza Fridays? That's which mom. That's 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 the friend I'm rocking with most on that day. You know, if your mom cooking vegetables, that's not popping. We doing only pizzas on Fridays. So that's going to be April 24th at the D.C. Comedy Loft. And that was just off two people. DMing me telling me to tell more stories. <laughs> it's crazy because, uh, you know. The podcast, the listeners, it's like, I feel like the overachievers army is a real thing, but the listeners of the podcast, we're like, they're like the air force. You know what I mean? You guys are smart and probably know how to fly planes and shit. I feel like a lot of people still don't know, like the army itself, the overachievers army, how can I describe it? It's like, we're like, there's over a thousand people in the army. I'd say maybe about 12 to 1300 people in the army right now, but not everyone is built to fight like we got most of them are on the reserves they're like waiting they're like yo you give us the the bat signal and we'll pull up but don't hit us up unless it's like important you know what i mean and i don't i don't you know that's when i usually send out the big email blast right for like the dc improv show but like uh, the podcast listeners and like the instagram folks like i put out a a free ticket event (laughs) y'all pull up and the podcast listeners you guys are like the motherfucking Navy SEALs. You guys really uh you guys really keep up with what's going on. So shout out to you guys for, for keeping up with the updates and the stories. You know what I mean? Let's see what happened this week. Uh to this week was a pretty interesting week. Um one of the highlights for me was uh a show I did uh I believe it was Thursday evening. It was an open mic. No, I'm sorry. It was Wednesday at Town Tavern in Adams Morgan. It was a, it was a, seemed like a regular show when I walked in about eight to 10 people, you know, but there was something different about this show. I looked at the audience and I noticed there was three children in the front row. Now, most people look at that and they look at that as a disadvantage for a comedian. I looked at it as an opportunity to yell at some kids. <laughs> Yo, it was first off, when you got like eight people and three of them are kids, hey man, I'm going to turn that shit into a situation where we're going to make something out of nothing. And um, it ended up being one of the most fun sets I've had in a long time. I literally just yelled at these kids for why the fuck are they uh, at an open mic and sitting in the front row, which is probably one of the dumbest things they could have ever done. But, you know, we had it was all in jest, you know. Um, at the end of this podcast episode, I'm going to play the five minute clip of me yelling at this kid who said he was in 10th grade, but he looked like he was 10 years old. And I'm just basically telling him like, keep doing your homework. Otherwise you're going to end up at an open mic talking to strangers about your feelings. And, uh, that shit was, uh, it was a lot of fun for me and I thought it was uh, fun for the kids, maybe not for their self-esteem, but you know, it was, it was definitely, they're going to leave that open mic with a, with a memory. Whether it's good or bad, they're going to remember that moment, you know? Maybe they'll think twice about sitting in the front row of a comedy show, open mic. I don't even know how they got into the bar, to be honest. I mean, I, last time I checked, you got to be 21. But, hey, shout out to those kids. Um, I'll play a little bit of that 
at the end of the episode so y'all could listen to me. It sounds like I'm having a meltdown, but I knew exactly what I was doing. You know, part of me was like, do I upload this clip? Will it affect me in the future? Running for office? Will it come back to haunt me yelling at some kids? Hey, man, I thought it was hilarious. We'll let you guys decide, too. Um, It was just a very unique experience. You know, I don't get a chance to yell at kids every day. But that shit felt therapeutic. Part of me was like, hey, man, we should have more kids at comedy shows just to, like, cheer up the comics, just to get it out their system. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of pent-up uh, energy. And when you when you, uh, when you you uh do a lot of open mics, you know, there's a lot of anger inside. And I felt like all six years of my open mics just came out on these <laughs> poor children. And I just fucking crushed their dreams, you know? I think at one point I called it the little, this, like, the smallest one out of the group, a little bitch. And which, you know, looking back, maybe that wasn't, um, the kindest thing to do, but he seemed to, he seemed to have fun. You know, I made fun of him, uh, not being athletic. I thought that was, uh, maybe, I, maybe I crossed it. I, you know what? I'll let you guys decide. You could, you know, fast forward to the end of this <laughs> episode and you, you guys can decide on what's going on. Um, I'm celebrating my second week of, uh, not being broke. I've been promoted to poor, you know, which is a great feeling. Being poor is a, is a very comfortable place for me. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, you can still trick girls into falling in love with you when you're poor. (laughs) I feel like when you're broke, Hey man, it doesn't matter if you got like a big dick or at that point, like once a girl wakes up on an air mattress from Walmart, she's going to realize the mistake she made. <laughs> but when you pour, hey man, you can still get that guacamole on the side. You know what I mean? You can still ball it up, go to Chipotle, you know, tell them with confidence they, when they say guacamole and I, you're like, Jess, <laughs> throw that on there. That's nothing to me. You know what I mean? I just made $20 today off this showcase 20-minute set, you know? We're going to eat good today. We might fuck around and go get a poke bowl from Tiki Taco. That's right. You know, with the ahi tuna. That's how we live in. I'm eating ahi tuna now. I got I promoted myself from chicken tenders to ahi tuna poke bowl. So if y'all want to know where I'm at in my life, that's what's going on, man. A lot of nutrition is going in this body, you know, because I got I to gotta be sustainable for the future. You know, I'm not trying to burn out yelling at these 10-year-old kids. It's a lot of energy, you know, but someone's got to be, someone's got to step up in the DC comedy scene, and I'm taking it upon myself, you guys, all right? I'm putting in the work, doing one-hour shows for free, and who knows if it's going to be funny. Just side note about the one-hour show, if you guys do plan on coming, I'm going to go on stage with the journal. It's going to be very loosey-goosey. I'm going to be telling a lot of different things that I honestly, I don't want uh, recorded. I can't even do some of the stories on my podcast because like I said in the last episode, I don't know how, um, uh, what's the word, Incri- incriminating some of these stories are because some of these storylines kind of like inter- inter- intercross with the underworld. And uh, I just don't want to leave no audio trail (laughs) i don't want no older vietnamese guy knocking at my door when i got my comedy central special be like my tent that was fucked up (laughs) i'm like oh shit my bad dog (laughs) i didn't know i couldn't tell that story so 
um that's what we doing you know the live shows are going to be uh, a lot of uh stories about uh the back of nail salons and faux shops what goes down behind those those uh places around the montgomery county virginia area let's see what else oh i went to go see an accountant uh because i'm not broke anymore that shit was uh that shit was exciting you know what i mean i wanted to talk to my new accountant about you know where i'm at in my life you know let him know about my trials and tribulations turns out he doesn't care and uh and and the money i make is is uh not worth his time <laughs> you know uh, he uh he immediately he just looked me dead in my eyes he's like you're an idiot you have no, you don't belong here <laughs> uh but he's a nice guy he uh he, he he gave me a lot of good pointers. Apparently, um, I was not raised to uh, do taxes properly. When you come from an immigrant background, immigrants uh, tend to like you know, I don't want to uh, generalize or you know stereotype immigrants, but um, you know, my Persian dad who owns an ice cream truck business, let's just say he don't really uh, he ain't the poster boy from for for documenting all the uh, cookie sandwich sales. You feel me? If you know what I'm talking about. So I'm trying to, uh, one thing I'm trying to do, you know, is, uh, teach myself the proper way to, do to document the jokes. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you quantify and monetize, you know, and multiply this income? That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what I was trying to tell my accountant, but he kept telling me I'm stupid. And I was like, Hey man, this, this don't help my self-esteem, man. It's my second week of being poor. You gotta understand where I'm coming from. I went from broke to poor, baby. And now there's pressure now that I've been kind of saying these things out loud of me having more money than I've ever had, which is hundreds of dollars, uh, you know, on moving out my my dad's house. He's like, yo, when you going to move out? You know, I heard on the podcast that you're making money now. And I was like, honestly, you know, I was going I was planning on maybe saving up a little bit more money. He's like, how much how much money is it? saving up until you get enough to move out. I was, I was thinking like, I don't know, maybe like two, $300,000, <laughs> you know, like a cool chill, just a chill 300,000, 300 K. Cause apparently that's what it costs to buy something in DC. Jesus. You guys seen the prices in DC? You can't get nothing. You can't get a fucking cardboard box in DuPont for under 300,000, man. So I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I'm just going to post up as long as I can in, in, in my folks' house and just, uh, we're going to trap it out, baby. Um, yeah, I, I did a show, uh, last night, uh, for, I opened for someone. I'm not going to say who, cause it was, a uh, it was, uh, that joint was, uh, was a rough one, you know, the type of show that makes you look in the mirror and you question yourself. Did I make did I make the right decisions in life? You know, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, I was on stage for maybe like twenty seven minutes, and by the time I got off, I don't know what it is about like shows that are not easy. Like when when the audience just kind of stares at you angry and shit. I I always like when I get off stage, I'm always like really hungry. I'm like man, I felt like I played two full court games of basketball right now, and I gotta go get some uh, ahi tuna. So that's what I did. Got some ahi tuna, you know, felt better. But it's those tough shows that motivate me to do more of these uh, one-hour shows. I'm like, man, let me just get straight to the motherfucking stories. You know what I mean? 
And that's what we'll get into today. Uh, last episode, we talked about the first time uh, I got held at gunpoint. It was a story about me going to uh, Germantown um, to pick up, I guess, $10,000 worth of weed. And I I was, uh, I was set up, for lack of better words, by two bros from Damascus. Now, what I forgot to leave out, you know, of that story was uh it kept there was a second part to it that i forgot that i read you know because it's crazy because i don't really tell these stories no more you know i mean this is this is fuck 15 16 years ago so you know i get set up uh the guys you know uh the guys are feeling the, the bros are feeling bad about what happened you know as they should you know at the time for whatever reason I was very intimidating. I don't know. These guys were very scared of me. So at one point, I was like, yo, you guys set, like got me got me into this. Now you guys owe me $10,000, right? And these these big-ass Damascus football players, for whatever they were scared, man. They were very scared. They didn't know what to do, you know? So they were like, they told their, they, they told their dad. They told their, like, and one thing I learned about people from Damascus is that's where all the Montgomery cop Montgomery County cops live. They all live in Damascus. I don't know what it is about Damascus, but you know, if you're from the area of Maryland and Montgomery County, you'll know, you know, anytime you get pulled over by like that white guy with the, uh, with the crew cut and the sunglasses, yo, they all live in Damascus. So their father, you know, uh, which was like, uh, you know, an older white dude, all his they all his friends and their neighbors in his neighborhood were Montgomery County cops. So, uh, like maybe like a week later, after pressing these kids out, I get a phone call from the father. Like, hey, I heard you uh you wanted money from my kids, and I was like, yeah, that's right. He's like, all right, well, why don't you come over my house and we could talk about it? And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. He's like, what well, have you don't want the money? And I was like, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it and I'll call you back. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that shit felt like a dog. I was like, yo, man, I already, I was already set up a week ago. I'm not going to get set up by, uh, by, by, by some bro's dad. You know what I mean? And, uh, I remember that was a crazy second part to the story that I forgot to tell. You know what I mean? I wonder sometimes I think about like, what if I went, you know what I mean? I know it would be stupid to go. You know, knowing that this guy, you know, there's cops all around. Like, what, what, you know, I was maybe, what, 15, 16? I don't know, something about going into a house by yourself, you know? And I, I think at one point I was like, I'm going to bring my brother on the phone. They're like, and they're laughing like, yeah, bring your brother. And I was like, oh, this, they're not intimidated at all. That didn't work. That probably hurt me. And once they started, like, laughing at me when I said that, I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, man. At one point, I was like, damn. I, I think my dad was at, in Iran at the point at that moment. But uh, sometimes I think, like, yo, what if I went with my dad? Like, what if we got into this brawl with these Damascus parents and these Damascus bros and me and my brother and my dad, like ice cream truck gang, you know? We unite. We pull up in an ice cream truck and we, we I don't know. I think about that sometimes, you know, what, what would have happened if I would have pulled up? What if they gave me the 10000 back? That would have been pretty crazy. But it never works out like that. You know, you got to let you got to learn to let shit go. 
which is what I'm doing. I'm letting it go. 15-year-old Martin was an idiot. That's really why I yelled at those kids. Because I didn't want them to fuck up and make the same mistakes I made. That's right. That's how I'm trying to make myself feel better about yelling at kids. Um, Second story. Uh, Not sure if there's anything funny in that last one. But uh, let's see. The next story is... Let's go with another gunpoint. So I told you about the first time I got held at gunpoint. I'm going to skip the second time. Because the second time... I think is a little bit incriminating and I don't it was probably the scariest one and I can't talk about it because I don't know <laughs> I don't I, I honestly don't know the legalities. So, I'll skip to the the, the the most recent one which was um probably like 3 4 years ago and uh it was on a it was during a music video shoot in Northeast DC. So, fast forward to 2000 Let's say fourteen or two thousand fifteen. I'm I'm living I'm 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 in D.C. Uh, pursuing stand-up comedy, and my part-time job is is uh is directing music videos. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I have a background in film. Maybe I'll backtrack and talk a little bit about how I got into it later. But for now, let's get into this random-ass situation. Uh, during a music video it was for a rapper uh, a local rapper named Gordo Brega and a, another rapper named Fuego who's a pretty well-known Latin artist in the DC area who actually tours internationally actually he's not local he's Fuego's pretty big actually he's got some dope music check it out so I'm on this music video shoot um and uh maybe without dropping names too many names uh, let's say uh, the music d- video director, his name was, let's say, let's say his name is Alan, right? Alan hired me to come help him out with the music video shoot because at the time I owned a really expensive camera. It was like a call. It's called a red camera. It's about a $20,000 camera that, you know, I had money saved up from the past life. And I bought this camera to make money off, like renting it out to people like Alan and other film people in the area. Right. So I got this $20,000 camera. And I'm on set, and we are shooting this music video in an abandoned building in Northeast D.C., uh, like at, like, 11 at night, which is uh, not a good idea looking back. So we're shooting one of these, like, gangster videos where, like, the rappers are, like, rapping to the camera, and he's got, like, 30 guys from his hood, and in this case, Langley Park behind him just looking all angry you know what i mean like they haven't had pupusas in days and shit and they're just frustrated you know they're all like yeah we motherfucking goons everything was going great right out of nowhere all of a sudden i just hear everyone on the motherfucking ground everyone on the motherfucking ground like four guys in ski masks pull up with guns (laughs) and they start holding up uh the music video director alan right if you're not, if you can't see my face, Alan is in quotation. That's not his name, but they put a gun to Alan, you know, Alan's head. Apparently, this is what I learned after the fact. Alan did some dirty shit on a, another music video shoot. Um, uh, apparently he took someone's camera. I don't know how or why, but the story is he did. He screwed some guys over, maybe like a you know a year ago or something. Or maybe didn't. I don't know what exactly happened, but these guys were out to get revenge. It wasn't a, 
I'm just going to rob you for, it wasn't a random stick up. It was a, we're going to get revenge on this one guy. <laughs> and uh, they pistol whipped him and they put guns in multiple people's faces. And at this point, we're in an abandoned building, right? It's about, let's say, 40 people total. Uh, two of them are rappers and the rest are like, they're like behind the scene, like the guys who were the extras, the goons. So it was like a very volatile experience, volatile situation because you got four ski mask guys with guns and then like 36 other people uh, who are, you know, they're these these aren't like regular civilians. These are like guys who like, honestly, I don't think they have any day, daytime jobs. I think their their profession is to be the background guys in music videos. Like they're just like scary dudes with tats from Langley Park. So like these guys weren't trying to back down, but you know, Meanwhile, I'm like holding my $20,000 camera like, yo, I'm on the floor <laughs> in fetal position like, please, nobody hurt me. I was just like, I was just, I was just being real quiet. Like, I look like a turtle because it was like mad dark. You know what I mean? I just went in. I just kind of like went into a little shell, you know, because once I heard like guns and like little, like I think someone shot the air a little bit like pow, pow, pow. I was like, oh, I'm on the floor hiding with my camera that is the only thing I have to my name and uh and then within like I don't know a few minutes of like back and forth uh the ski mask people fled and then you know on a on a moment's notice uh DC police pulled up it was some helicopters some squad cars and at this point the rappers fled the scene um all the goons fled the scene. Now we're off to the races. Everyone's running. When I see people running, I start running because I don't know what's going. I don't know where these gun masked people were. I was like, I don't know. They could be still in there. I don't. I, everyone. It's dark. Every. You know. I couldn't see anything. All I knew was I had this twenty thousand dollar camera, and I was like, Yo, if there's one person you want to rob, hey man, it's someone with the camera. <laughs> so I uh, I started running myself because everyone else is running, and uh, within moments, cop cars pulled up. And uh, they didn't know, I guess, the you know, to the police credit, they don't know who's who. You know, they don't, all they got was a call about shots fired. And they see all these guys, these these goons, these music video goons running. And, you know, at the time, maybe I could be uh, looked at maybe like a, with a goonish, goonish face feature. I don't know. I don't know what these cops are thinking. But they saw me. They made everyone get on the ground. And, uh, they had guns pointed up. They, they like, they made us go, uh, chest first on the, onto the pavement, you know, the DC, uh, street pavement. And, um, they put like their, their foot on our backs <laughs> with the guns, like fucking guns drawn and shit. And I had my camera. I was like, please don't hurt my camera. <laughs> They're like, shut up. And, uh, I don't know. After like five minutes of being like held on the ground with their feet on our backs, uh, which I thought was kind of unnecessary, but I don't know, maybe because they thought someone, they were like looking for the guy with the gun. So they didn't know. So, um, that was the third time, um, guns were drawn. Uh, I guess you could say it was by the ski mask people and the, the cops at the same time. But, uh, that shit was, uh, I don't know if there's any comedy in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey man, sometimes you gotta just tell the story and then see what happens after. That was um I think the lesson learned is uh 
you know, having guns drawn on you, it really does humble you. And it also it teaches you, you know, once you, it's like a roller coaster. Once you go on a roller coaster a bunch of times, you know, uh, it doesn't have the same effect anymore. Like, oh, I already, you know, I already went there. Not saying I'm looking forward to getting held at gunpoint, but, in, you know, like sometimes I'll do like a really big show or like, like in some cases I got this uh, big audition coming up next week for Comedy Central and this other thing called Montreal Just for Laughs, which are like pretty big and prestigious comedy uh, auditions. But it's like, yo, once you've been held to gunpoint, like three different occasions, son, like, I don't know. Your nerves get a little bit um, trained to not get like too crazy. Not saying I don't get nervous, but I've already went through some dumb shit that uh, I feel like prepared me for the next crazy thing. You know what I mean? Who knows? I might end up traveling, going on tour, end up in a in a, in a random Middle Eastern city. You know, make a make a left turn in a bazaar I shouldn't have made a left turn on. Next thing you know, I'm fucking around with some uh, people I shouldn't be fucking around with. You know, that's how things happen. I, th- I think that's what I watched in some comedy documentaries recently. But uh, that's my new story of the day. You know, um, maybe next episode I'll dive deeper into the ice cream truck beefs. You know, talk about... Uh, how my father was almost killed in an ice cream truck fight. His head got cracked open by a an ice cream truck assailant. You know, dude punched him in the back of the head with a with a and had a ring on. And my dad fell back, cracked his head. And my my older brother at the time was 15, was the only one that was able to hold my dad's head together until the police came. And they ended up arresting that guy who punched my dad in the back of the head. And he had to do like a couple years in jail. So that's a little preview maybe of the next story. Uh, maybe I just told the whole story right there. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll always try to keep things interesting with the solo episodes because, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys listening. I'm trying to like drop more gems. I think that's, what's going to be the next, um, live show is just me telling stories like this again. Don't know where the comedy is in it, but I like to say all this shit's real. So I hope you guys appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to start playing the, 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 the set where I, I, I yell at the 10 year old kids. Um, now, uh, if you don't get a chance, uh, please message me on Instagram or, um, you know, shoot me an email or go visit my website and see some upcoming shows and let me know how you feel about these solo episodes. Like I said, two people hit me up last time. If y'all want to continue to hit me up and let me know if these are cool or yo, go back to the interviews, you know, we'll get some more interviews in here. I just got to find the right comics that I fuck with. You know what I mean? So it's all about the chemistry and the vibes of what we're doing. Shout out to the Overachievers Army for fucking with me. Uh, enjoy this clip. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? What's up, eight people? What's popping? Yeah? What's up, three kids in the front? What's popping? I'm glad you guys are here, man. Everyone's been talking shit about you guys, but listen, I'm glad you're here. You know, I'm glad you're sitting in the front row witnessing this show. Because this is what it looks like when you don't do your homework in high school. All right, guys? You fuck up in high school, you're going to end up at a bar talking to strangers about your feelings, all right? So you better fucking strip up, son. Stop fucking around. You guys are a punishment? Is that all you guys said to your parents? are like, you know what? You've been fucking up in school. Go to this open market down in Morgan and see what happens. Fuck around with them drugs? Go see what... <laughs> yeah. You got your arms crossed like you angry at jokes and shit right now, son. You're 14. You should be happy to be around beer right now, huh? You should be smiling from ear to ear. 
Don't give me no attitude. And Ted, I don't take no attitude from 10 year olds. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know you're not talking 10 year old kid. Huh? You know, you look like you fucking. <laughs> you look like you have to hang out with these guys and be cool. And you're not, they're not even cool. So it's like, what's that make you, son? Fucking nerd. That's right. Is your parents here to fuck me up? No, they left you because they don't love you. That's why you're here. Sitting in a front row and open mic. Why you got stupid? Huh? Idiots? This is what happens at comedy shows where there's eight people. Nothing. Just anger and sadness. Welcome to the real world, kids. Do your homework. You don't want to be like me. <laughs> I went to an accountant today. He <laughs> told me to give up. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are here. You know what I mean? We can learn a lot about you know life together. You know? Because when I was your age, I wasn't doing cool things like going to open mic comedy shows. You know? I was fucking. That's right. I was balls deep in some pussy. Don't act like you fuck because you don't fuck. I can tell by your haircut. You You just fuck your laptop. That's all you do, kid. That's right. That's right. He's laughing because it's true. You haven't seen a real pussy. That's right. You guys are going to go jerk off each other after this because that's as close as it gets. Those good times. We all know this isn't going to be fun for you guys. This is going to be an awkward experience, you know what I mean? For how, you guys are what, 8th, ninth? No, 10th. 10th? Hell yeah, he said, nah, 10th, dog. Get it straight, motherfucker. Put some bass in that voice. He said, 10th. He's like, hold up, 10th. Bitch. Hell yeah, dog. You play sports? Yeah. Yeah? What you play, big man? Play basketball? Are you serious? Why you look like you're about to cry right now? <laughs> Why you look scared? Huh? You ever play defense? Huh? I don't believe you. You lie. He really, I, I believe him because he's got a shirt that says NBA. He looks like Zion Williamson, dog. You? I don't believe it. The fuck? You look like you're getting water for this guy. <laughs> That's the closest you get to a basketball court. Little bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I don't care. I talk shit to 10, <laughs> talk to 10 year olds. I don't give a fuck. You think he's really 10th grade? He's a liar. He's not 10th grade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you guys came. I haven't had this much fun in days. Yeah, man. Is that your thing? Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, that's my, that's my brand, dog. I talk shit to all They hire me. I'm a scared straight. Hell yeah, dog. If anyone knows Barnamini, I just pull up to high schools for fun and just talk shit to little kids like you. Kids who can't make the basketball team. Because I'll be honest, I tried out for the basketball team. I didn't make it either, dog. So I relate, you know what I mean? This might be you in 10 years. This is it. You know what I mean? You might end up, you know, yeah. It's real. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're one month away from shelling weed because <laughs> you don't have a future just by looking at you, dog. You know what I mean? This guy has a chance. You, you're a liar. And you're at an open mic? Ah, oh, man. You might as well start, you know, practicing selling weed now, you know what I mean? Huh? You got water? What does that have to do with some? Are you, oh, man, you're, you are stupid. <laughs> uh, what did we learn here today, guys? What's the lesson learned? Huh? 
Put your fucking hands up. <laughs> fucking idiot. Don't be a fuck up. That's right. Hell yeah, man. Yo, give it up for my guys in the front row, man. They're good sports. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. My name is Barton Meeting. Have fun, guys. Thank you. Peace. That was great. Marvin B, everybody. Whoa. You guys, you guys, you guys. Thanks, man.